Welcome back to Fueling the Flame podcast. I'm your host, Ashley. This is episode three and a half. Yes, it would have been episode four, but I'm saving that for the Sagittarius Eclipse. I had to slide this really quick episode in very, very quickly, a brief breakdown of Wonder Woman 1984 from the perspective of divine masculine healing and the feminine archetypes. I am entitling this episode, What Profits a Man to Gain the Whole World? I am referring to humanity, man, mankind. What profits mankind to gain the whole world, but to lose his or her soul? So just a quick little synopsis about the movie. It's set in, of course, 1984, and it's surrounding one of the main characters is a gentleman named Maxwell Land. And his name in Scottish, it translates as Great Stream. And that's going to be important because he is streaming a higher form of consciousness throughout this film. A little bit about his backstory is that his father would abuse both him and his mother. This is the beginning of the masculine wounding that as he grew up, that he formed a false identity, one of confidence, one of even taking advantage of others as he formed a company that would scam people out of their money with the phrase or with the idea that you do not have to work to be rich. All you have to do is just want it bad enough. Another main character that is introduced in this film is Barbara Minerva. So Minerva is a goddess, which is the feminine archetype that deals with wisdom, justice, law, arts, and warfare. Her character also has a bit of masculine wounding as she has low self-esteem, low confidence. She does have friends. She has a trail of broken relationships. She has the great desire to be liked by others, accepted by others. Then we have the main character, Diana Wonder Woman, which is the opposite end of the spectrum with the feminine energy as she is more aggressive, assertive, decisive. And she, unlike Minerva, has only had one relationship that 66 years later she has not healed from. So basically this stone called the dream stone shows up in the office of the smithsonian where both barbara and diana work they carelessly make some type of a wish while holding the stone not even you know really thinking anything of it fast forward that the guy maxwell uses his charm to get the stone out of their possession and he makes the wish to become the wishing stone himself, granting him unlimited access to wishes. Unbeknownst to him, the stone was created by a god called Delso, the god of treachery and deceit. As the individual is granted one wish, as payment for that one wish, they unknowably trade their most valuable possession. With the masculine energy, that being the energy of aggression at times the energy of the ego and even sometimes building up a unhealthy attachment to something that when this dreamstone comes into play that all three of the main characters fall victim to the carnal mind the carnal desires with diana she wishes for her true love as she feels like she has pretty much everything else in life but really the deep longing for a different type of acceptance a different type of depth in relationships so she cut herself off from that with Barbara it was acceptance and popularity 
beauty, wanting to be accepted and being more assertive and by having those types of things that she felt like she would be successful. And with Maxwell, having all of the world's possessions would satisfy the emptiness inside. I also have to mention that he has a son. His son's name is Alistar. And Alistar means one who repels men. And men typically represent the masculine energy, one that repels the ego. He is probably the most innocent party out of the entire film, representing the innocence, representing the purity of true wishes and intent. Many individuals that have childhood wounding, when they become parents, they look to fill that void from childhood with a lot of possessions for their children. That is once again feeding into the ego. Really, the child, children, our inner child only wants love and true peer acceptance of their true peer self. The father's ambition and his appetite for success and possessions really drove almost drove his son away as his son only wanted his father's attention and love but his father was so empty because of the masculine wounding that he felt that he had to have all these possessions he would tell his son and promise his son that we can spend time together, but first, let me get you a helicopter. Let me give you that pool that I promised you. Let me get you this. Let me get you that. But really, the son only wanted his father. The reason why I picked the quote, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his or her soul? So the soul is the true essence of a person. Now you have different types of souls. So you have like your overall soul, which is the essence of God. But here, this text is talking about the soul the essence the trueness the pureness the inner child and when we lose that inner child we lose aspects of ourself the world represents the carnal represents the physical the ego so what does it profit any person to gain the whole world the gain the success the fame the tangibles the money all of that if they lose their inner child in maxwell's pursuit for true happiness and fulfillment that he lost his inner child. He wanted to gain the world. Literally, when you watch the movie, you see that he travels the world to gain wishes, possessions from other individuals. Eventually, he finds this, this type of technology that he can broadcast over the world, which is another esoteric message within itself. I want to really po point out some of the tactics that were used in the film Yes, it's a film, but it's a great analogy for how life can creep up on individuals. In one instance in the film towards the end where a lady and a guy were arguing and he said, I wish you would just drop dead. She literally dropped dead there. And as the momentum picks up in the film, you can see different instances where people were wishing for things and they did not realize that their words had power. This is an exoteric principle that is becoming more popular and mainstream now. But this movie is reminding us that we have power in our words, that literally life and death dwells in the power of the tongue. When you are speaking, you're literally scripting your life. You're literally molding the atmosphere around you. This movie is a reminder that we have to be intentional about the words that we use, that literally we are creating and shaping our reality. 
others reality if you really do not want something do not say it out of your mouth for what comes out of the mouth is what churns in the heart and pair those words with powerful intentions like emotions that can be the greatest blessing or the worst curse i really low-key like the way how he finessed people not saying i think or i agree that people should be manipulating people but this was a red flag for people to pay attention to when things may come to tempt you to persuade you to say something out of your mouth he would touch people's hands he would look into their eyes and, and really connect to them emotionally and say what do you really truly desire some people knew what they wanted and they spoke exactly what they wanted clearly but not realizing that there is a flip side the law of reciprocity the law of even exchange in order to get you have to give so they did not realize that they had to give up something others did not do the inner work they did not connect to know what their true honest desires were so they would just say anything out of their mouth and that's exactly what they got we have to be wordsmiths artists of our language getting down to the root meaning of the words that we use being dictators over our diction in the atmosphere there's energies the atmosphere contains energies angels spirits also known as energies that will work on your behalf of what you say out of your mouth now it wouldn't be me if i didn't go into a little bit of the archetypes relating to astrology and who i feel by looking at the movie the characters that they played in relation to if you wanted to relate it to biblical texts or just to astrology so the character maxwell i see him as satan satan is saturn and satan's initial job is to be the opposition the one that that will test you that will tempt you to bring out your true self and you can see that throughout the entire movie from his true pure intentions that he had and connecting to other people's true intentions Saturn's job is to lay down the discipline, the framework to uphold the law. Going from being restricted to the law, the law that was within his household as a child, as a wounded masculine, to being empowered and giving the world a new framework that he therefore became balanced when he realized that there is a higher law at play. Barbara Minerva is the moon the emotions she's very emotional in the film she goes from being a softer moon energy to being a harsh moon energy almost like black moon lilith type of energy overly aggressive overly projecting onto others her wounds and her pain her heart hardened as she became cheetah girl or cheetah woman and she refused to heal wonder woman she is the sun in this film she helps to bring truth and shine the light of truth on their fallacies, on their wounds, on their deeper inner child wounding. That shines the light in the subconscious mind to bring it to the conscious mind. So the sun is the illuminator, is the one that can bring healing through truth. Her lasso of truth at the end of the film saved the day. 
Subscribe to Fueling the Flame podcast. We post a new episode every Wednesday at 10, 10 a.m. Next up, we have, of course, the solar lunar eclipse in the sign of Sagittarius. So make sure you check that one out. This coming up Wednesday, a few upcoming topics are prayer and meditation and visualization, the inner mind. You can check out the podcast episode number three about casting spells and casting and setting attentions and all of that stuff is in the new and old testament so you can check that episode out if you're interested in forming a healthy daily spiritual practice you may be interested in the angel lunar planner some of the features are a daily spiritual habit tracker an angel directory a divination directory and i cannot forget the new moon full moon solstice and equinox journal prompts and other spiritual tools to help you form a healthy daily spiritual practice you can find the angel lunar planner on amazon another wonderful resource is the ascended bible divine guidance cards these are divination and devotional tools that you can use daily to pair with the angel lunar planner you can find that listed on etsy or either on our website so you guys i'll talk to you next time this is ashley for fueling the flame podcast and i'll see you next wednesday